Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossat, managing editor of FightfulWrestling.com. If you haven't checked it out, do so. More wrestling news than any other site online. We have a great feature today that I actually did a video on from Brandon Howard Thurston, where he takes a look at WWE's declining or increasing popularity. Uh, It is up on FightfulWrestling.com. We have it all over our social media. Also, I did a video on it on our YouTube channel. Link is in the description. But we're here to talk about WWE Raw. Reminder, we do have a halftime heat watch along. It was a trash fire, but a fun one at that. I am joined tonight by Alex Pawlowski. Alex, what's up? Uh, a, a, a great weekend of uh, obscure WWE wrestling. Like that World's Collide tournament was everything that I love. Fresh matchups and cool things like big guys versus little guys. Great stuff. Loved every minute of that. And uh, halftime heat was, I mean, you could say it was a trash fire. It was the no, most. No, 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 fun. no. Our broadcast oh, was a trash fire. Oh, the match good. was great. The match was amazing. I was like, if it was a trash fire, it was the most entertaining trash fire I've ever seen. <laughs> no, I, no, no. Our, our live it. broadcast, our watch along <laughs> was a trash fire. Jeff kept his phone right next to his computer, which caused <laughs> feedback issues. Uh our our new intern Matt Degnan had muted himself several times. Nice. It was it. David Bixenspan showed up. He was wearing some weird travel pillow that you all couldn't see on the air. Uh, it was it was a hilarious trash fire. Uh, Maybe right. one day I'll release the behind the scenes footage on that one on Fightful Select. <laughs> but right now on Fightful Select, you get the uh, St. Valentine's Day Massacre 1999 retro review. We've got the Q&A podcast coming up this week. This show brought to you ad-read free by FightfulSelect.com. That is the most direct way to support the independent wrestling website in uh, Fightful.com. Go check it out. There's something there for everyone. No, I loved Halftime Heat. I loved uh, the presentation. I loved so much about it. Uh, But we got Raw to talk about. And Raw was a trash fire in my estimation, Alex. Yeah, there's a there's a there was a lot wrong with uh with this episode of Raw and not a lot right. 
Well, it's that simple, I guess. But let's yeah. go ahead and get into it. Well, actually, before it was reported today, I don't think it was revealed though. Heart Foundation in the Hall of Fame. Did I did I miss that on the broadcast or did they? I didn't see it. So it, it's been announced that Jimmy Hart, Jim the Anvil Neidhart, and Bret Hart are going in. To which I said, "Did we really need Jimmy Hart as a two time induction?" I mean, no. Over Brian Pillman and Davy Boy Smith going in. No, that's it's so weird to me. So weird to me. No, for, for, it, it it seems like they're they don't ha- they're not maybe they're keeping a lid on the big people who are going in. Like, but it feels like usually those those names are leaked by now, and this year feels very lackluster. Yeah, I. Uh... I heard of a few, but I need to kind of vet them first before I go put them out into, sure, into sure, the sure. space. But sure. from from what I, the the rumored names I was told, there were a couple who have actually wrestled fairly recently. But let's go ahead and talk about Raw. Stephanie McMahon announced was announced last week as to invite Becky Lynch to Raw. Becky Lynch is very smart about when she sees WWE screwing up what she has done. <laughs> And she replies and says, tell her thanks, but I was coming anyway, (laughs) which was a nice thing to do. Yeah. They bring out Becky Lynch. She gets a great reaction. Of course, we throw to a video of the Rousey confrontation. Then we throw to still images from the Royal Rumble. Stephanie is worried about Becky Lynch's knee and says that Becky has been refusing medical attention. Now for everybody that's been asking me over and over again, yes, Becky's fine. She's fine. Her schedule's going to pick up. They gave her the weekend off. Uh, but Stephanie says they can't let Becky compete without getting checked out. Also, yeah, that would have been pretty dumb to put Becky Lynch on those live events with where we are technologically yes. saying, oh, you can't wrestle until you get checked out. Right. No, that's perfectly perfectly fine, logical. I appreciate that they did that. However, uh, Becky says that Stephanie doesn't know about struggling. She knows that uh, she is the glitch in the McMahon family plans. I thought this was a good approach to take. Stephanie McMahon begs Becky to get checked out. She's like, listen, I'm not trying to play any games. She didn't seem underhanded in this. She didn't seem like she had some ulterior motive or anything. Stephanie McMahon seemed like she wanted Becky Lynch to legitimately get checked out because she as a character recognizes that Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch is the biggest possible match that they can do. I kind of like that. Um, now, I, I don't know how that will go forward. I mean, I don't know why they couldn't have done that in a backstage segment. But No, it has to be – this is the thing, is that when I first heard they were doing this segment over the weekend, where it was like, Stephanie McMahon was inviting Becky Lynch. I was like, oh, crap. Stephanie's going to provoke Becky somehow. Becky's going to attack her. They're going to suspend her or something or punish her. And that's how they're going to find a way to put Charlotte in the match is some kind of response to whatever happens in this segment. And it certainly seems that that's where they're going with this. Um, The idea of, I mean, you can say, and I think that you may be right, that she seemed like she really did want, uh, she really did have Becky's interest at heart. Or you can be the person who's really cynical about this 
and thinking, well, the McMahons really want Charlotte in there. So this is her way. If we can make sure we can pay our doctor to not clear her, then like, you know, that's the thing. Like there's the idea that like the WWE doctors were the ones who wouldn't clear Daniel Bryan forever. And they didn't want Daniel Bryan in the main event scene. That's the idea that a lot of people have behind their, their vision of who the McMahons are. So this certainly scenario could feed into that perception of what the McMahons are and what they want. I'm not saying that's the way it is, but it, it certainly could be spun that way if they want to do it. Shout out to Brian Coonrod in the chat saying, Becky being a typical man refusing to go to the doctor. There you go. Good. <laughs> uh, you and I had, had ran this pitch for a story last yeah. week about the horsewomen each having their moment at the end of WrestleMania. And yeah. if Charlotte is in that match, it can't be the way that it, we that, set it, it up. Yeah. Also, while I think it is good story to have it be that the, the McMahons want Charlotte in, if they do that, also I don't know if they can do that moment at the end of WrestleMania no, because, right, because Charlotte would be seen as, as well, quite frankly, what, what it is and what she is. Right, exactly. But the, the other thing I liked about this was Becky, without saying it, implying when she says, you're just another daddy's girl who's had everything handed to, to her. When she says another daddy's girl has had everything handed to her, that's a strong implication that she mm-hmm. means Charlotte, which I thought was really nice and subtle. And again, if that's the plan that they're going to use, I appreciate that they're building it subtly until they get to that point. I don't want them to do it, but I like <laughs> that they're at least doing it subtly. Yeah, but like I said, I, I loved everything about what Stephanie McMahon did here. Sure. She looked like a competent, smart general manager character because even within this realm of storyline, there's right. no way to not recognize that yeah. this is the biggest possible match. I put on Twitter, regardless of who is in this match, if it goes on last, it is the biggest women's wrestling match in history. Sure. The, the one thing that I would have liked them to acknowledge in some way is that this is like 10 weeks from now. Like it's, I mean, nine weeks, something like that. It's, it's a, it's a long time from now is when this, so, so it's possible if she has, you know, a twisted knee, it'll be fine by like, you know, early March. The idea that like, you've got to decide now if you're out for mania or not feels like it's a touch early. I also wanted Becky to offer to sign a waiver and Stephanie be like, no, because if you win the match, then you're our champion and you can't go. Like, I, I don't want that. But, like, I want there to be like, cover all your bases. All it takes, as we said, as we've said many, many times, all it takes is a sentence. And then that base is covered and you move on. So Stephanie and Becky go back and forth. Stephanie says that Becky will be suspended until she gets checked out by a doctor, which Becky Lynch responds by punching Stephanie and beating her ass. Alex, this was perfect. Yeah, this was also uh, really good. I like that. I like that Becky tried to get her in this armor but couldn't because her knee was bad. Then she's hoppling around, punches through these security guards who really just, they should just be scarecrows. Uh, (laughs) They're not there doing anything. One thing I loved is that she's punching Becky, she's punching Stephanie in the corner. And Stephanie's on the ground. And what I thought it looked like was that Stephanie kicked out with one of her feet and caught Becky in the bad knee. 
And from then she was hobbling even more. Yeah. So it's possible they might use this as that Becky was going to be okay, but that thing is, has ruined it, blah, blah, blah. She probably won't be ready until Mania, which is the problem I see here. The, the logical thing, I don't want this to be true, is that they say, okay, now it's Charlotte. And then Becky's like, now I'm healthy two weeks before Mania, and I want back in. Well, we already put Charlotte in there. She's got to stay. Now it's Becky. Now it's Ross Ronda and Charlotte and Becky. And I don't just, I don't like them muddying the waters. You had a perfect segment on Raw last week of, of Becky smirking as, as Ronda lo- lost it. I thought yeah. that was really good. And that was all you needed. But then we have to muddy the waters more and more because there's never enough. Speaking of, uh, <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people draw the comparisons to Becky and Stone Cold Steve Austin. This was the sure. closest to that that I remember because early on when Vince McMahon was getting attacked, he wasn't necessarily going against right. Steve Austin. He was just trying to reason with him. And that's what Stephanie was trying to do with Becky. Yeah. Stephanie was trying to reason. This was an excellent segment. Great reactions. Becky Lynch, she's Ronda Rousey. She's being escorted out and just smirks. I do not know who is writing out the terminology for Ronda Rousey, but whoever it is, whether it's Rousey or somebody else, uh, like she's getting heat no matter what. But man, I, when they re-showed the lat from last week, I was like, man, maybe it's just me because a lot of people liked that, liked what she said and thought that Rousey did good. I was like, no, I didn't like it. I still don't like it. I, I If a lot of other people like it, good for them, but I certainly didn't. But I did like... Ice and Advil, bitch. That was a yeah, good line. That's fine. As I as I said on Twitter, I had to go back and, and rewatch it several times with the closed captions on to figure out what she was saying because I thought she said nice Anvil, and I was like, I don't I don't know what that means. Is she wearing the Anvil Nightheart on her shirt? I missed it. That was the Hall of Fame announcement. There you go, right there. That was it. We missed it. Uh, I'm I'm okay with the things that she's saying in the promos, I just think she's saying them like 65% faster than she needs to. I mean, like, she's got, she's got noted speech issues as, as we, right. she couldn't speak until she was like really late in life at, there, compared it, to other people. But what I'm saying is like, she's at this point, she's been in several movies. She's an yeah. actress now. I know that because I've seen some of those movies that she ha- doesn't do it like that. When she, if it's the fact that she's like, she's live and she, so it's, she's under pressure or whatever. I totally get that. Live theater is a totally different thing than, than acting for a camera where you know how you have several takes to get it. I just wish somebody would like work with her backstage before these segments and just get her to slow down and take a breath between sentences. And she's willing to work with people. I mean, I hear nothing but positive things about her from backstage, but I don't know many situations in which a promo in pro wrestling should have the term lamenting about. Yeah. This certainly wasn't one of them. Uh, I want to thank omg.com for the donation, the super chat that really helps us out. Uh, check out OMG. I love that stuff. I cook with ghee uh, almost any time that I'm frying my food. Ronda Rousey defeated Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan individually in squash matches. Liv powdered out a bunch, posed and taunted. I love the finish of this. Liv did the the Matrix Ben and the Rousey just punched her in the ribs <laughs> and an arm barter. That was yeah. phenomenal. It's great. And I also love uh as Rousey sets the arm bar in, Liv bridging up in, in, in pain. That look made it look really good. I liked that the cell of that was great. 
there are a lot of things that live. There's a lot of little things that Liv Morgan does that I really like dating back to that pin a couple weeks ago yeah. that I went on about, about how yeah. she bridged her weight onto the yep. person. I was like, all right, cool. Liv, cool. Liv might be the, the, the new winner of like the Carmella award for really they're calling her up. And then two years later, you're like, wow, she's really good. When did that happen? You know what I mean? Like it's, there's, there's, there's something there that you can absolutely see her improving. And I don't, I don't know what her ceiling is, but I certainly didn't think that Carmella's ceiling was, you know, women's champ on SmackDown for several months. Yeah. So let me ask you, Alex, do you want me to skin you like one of your rabbits? I no, I don't. I don't. I mean, do you want me to peel you like one of your uncle taters, <laughs> taters from his farm? I mean, no, but huh? Yeah, that was that was odd. Uh, well, we we know Adam Rose isn't going to have a manager if he comes back. <laughs> it's not a safe working environment for the bunny. It's just not. No, no. She not. cut a garbo promo. This was not Ronda Rousey's best night on on no, the stick. It was a weird thing, like her being like, "All these people are booing me. You, you're sitting there eyeballing me. Somebody do something." Uh, okay, I mean skin me like one of your rabbits is a weird deal it it'd be it'd be i mean it would it would never be fine but it would be it would have been better if uh sarah logan hadn't as we've said completely ditched the redneck character for her viking character i mean like yes absolutely the sarah logan of 15 months ago would have been somebody who skins rabbits now you'd be like what are you gonna do plunder me like one of your shore cities in scandinavia like i i don't know it's not the same thing most of this match i'm told it was called in the ring as i posted on fightful select and i was told i can't be 100 percent sure but it's what i was told from backstage that sarah logan was not exactly expecting that first hip throw from ronda <laughs> but it's ronda rousey so what can you do what can you do Go into the finish pretty quickly, and Ronda Rousey ends up tapping her out with an armbar after pounding her out. Logan did land a buckle bomb. This was nice, short little thing, but sure. seems like everybody's getting a turn with Ronda before she maybe takes off for a while. Yeah, it does. Uh, I, I, uh, I actually really liked the Ruby stuff coming out of this. I did too. I thought that was really interesting. Like, yeah, well, you talk talk about it, and then we'll analyze it. Did Ruby come off as a baby face to you? Because she yeah. sure came off as a baby face yeah. to me. Yeah, certainly, uh, as opposed to Rhonda, who's just like on the warpath and uncontrollable. I, I love that she was like, no, no, no. Like when I, My when friends I get, are more important. Yeah, when I get in the ring with Rhonda, it's going to be damn sure for her title, and I'm going to beat her. But right now, my best friends need me. They were injured by this crazy woman, and I'm going to go take care of them. Like... I don't can't I don't remember a more babyface promo of from anybody recently than that. Like that's great. And I mean, like I mean, I, I hope they recognize that if they if, and let's hope they are, if they do go with Becky versus Rhonda and Mania, there will not be anyone cheered as heavily <laughs> as Becky and in, in, in a Mania main event in a long, long time. Since Daniel yeah. Bryan, probably. So so you have you have that then. The alternative is that Rhonda's going to get booed and lustily. Like, it's going to be huge. So why not lean into that going into the match as opposed to having, like, Rhonda, like, have to react to 
wow, this is weird. They told me I was the, the good guy in this. Everybody backstage told me that everyone was going to cheer for me. This is weird, which is what it seems like right now she's doing, is that everyone tells her, oh, no, no, everyone loves you, Rhonda. And they get out there and like, no, they love Becky. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the way that the Ruby Riot did it, she hopped up on the apron, took a look at Rousey, hit the bricks, and then she was approached by Dasha Fuentes backstage. You said, why did you run from Rhonda? She's like, I didn't run from Rhonda and yeah. said exactly what you said. Yeah. To me, well, Dasha Fuentes came off as a heel. <laughs> she came <laughs> off like a jackass. She came off like a jackass all night. I was wondering like, if they were like making her a heel backstage <laughs> interviewer. It was weird. The backstage shit stirrer is a great gimmick that they've never went full on with. Like Corey Graves looked like he was doing it for a while. Yeah. And he would have been great at it. Just Joe back in the day did mm-hmm. it. I mean, there, there's a good way to do that. Top contender match, the Revival defeated the B-Team, Lucha House Party, and Heavy Machinery. It was very sad when I watched Curtis Axel try to get that chant going, which yeah. at one point was a little bit over, and it was not at all tonight. I think everyone forgot about it. Like, it, like the B-Team didn't hold the titles for a really long time. A couple of months, maybe. Yeah. And that, that thing didn't really get over when they were the tag champs. I'd forgotten all about it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that thing. Like, it also, you, you forget about how long ago that was. That was like six months ago that they were champs, at least. Well, it didn't seem like anybody in this match was over tonight, which is a bit of a bummer because Heavy Machinery was over on SmackDown last week. Yeah, SmackDown's crowd is very different than, than Raw's crowd. It's weird. It feels like people who go to SmackDown go for different reasons and to cheer different people. Yeah, all 12 of them. Yeah. Uh, Lucha House Party gained control early on. I felt like these teams had to work around heavy machinery and it was pretty clear because heavy machinery took center stage and they retained center stage for the majority of this match. And it was like Otis had to turn around and wait on everybody to get to their next spot. You had them tossing B team over the top rope. They got their licks in on the revival. They flipped Lucha house party out on the apron. They did a very cool Asai moonsault to the B team. Dawson got thrown over onto the pile. It just, it, I'm not there on them right now. Well, I, I, it's a weird deal. Like, I feel like you could, if there was ever a team that would benefit from, uh, it's heavy machinery versus two dudes who live in the area. Like it would be heavy machinery. Like they, they like just literally squishing, squashing and squishing dudes. That's what you should do to introduce these guys. You don't need to do that with AOP. You need, you should do that with with heavy machinery because they could make it a lot of fun to watch. People like would like watching it. Immediately thrusting them into a a top contenders match on SmackDown, and then six days later a top contenders match on Raw when we don't even know which show Brand. they're going to be on. Like it just seems disingenuous. Like it seems like hey everybody, Vince really likes the shorter of the two fat guys, so we're going to make sure that he's on TV all the time. I I like them and I like Otis. But I feel like you got to actually do something to get them into a rhythm as opposed to, like, throw them into the fire. Yeah, I don't know if having them involved in back-to-back, traditionally fast-paced matches yeah. that are noticeably slowed down because they are in the match yeah. is, a, is a good idea. Especially if you, if you are trying to increase stock in this division, yeah. I think the best thing to do is to make this unlike everything else on Raw. Make it the fast-paced, car crash type of match because... 
The Revival can do that and make sense of it. That's yeah. one of their specialties. They did it in NXT all the time to all where time. you didn't realize that the pace wasn't as breakneck as as what it may be because they were able to slow it down. They they blend that so beautifully. And I, I think Lucha House Party can probably do that. I think B-Team, as whatever as they are, are versatile enough to do that. But Heavy Machinery just aren't there yet. They They just are not there yet. Revival get the win. After, uh, by the way, Otis got a caterpillar elbow on Dallas, but the pin's broken up. Tucker almost dropped Axel on his head. That was a thing. Yep. Mercifully, the Revival put away Bo Dallas in the Shatter Machine. I'm glad the Revival won, but this was not great. No, it it, it wasn't great. Um, I mean, again, this is this is ostensibly the four best teams you have on Raw who are not currently holding the belts, and you have. Um, the B team, who really were a joke team. I mean, I know they're former champions, but they were formed yeah. as a joke. Um, you have uh, the Revival, who've been treated as a joke their entire time on Raw. Uh, you have the Lucha House Party, who's really a 205 Live team. And then you have another comedy team of two fat guys who just kind of called up from NXT and don't look, haven't looked, let's say, um, like they're running, they're hitting on all cylinders since they since they have been up. Um, it's it's one of those deals where, okay, great. Revival's got the belts now. Apparently, they did a 40-minute tag team match with with Rude and Gable in Saskatchewan at a house show. And everyone said it was, like, one of the best tag what? matches they'd ever seen. Like, And I'm like, oh, I get it. You're saving all the good tag, tag, tag matches for the Canada house shows. Because that makes sense. Gotta get, gotta get those reps in in Saskatoon. Right. So the deal is... Now you finally you've given this revival another chance. They have to win this next tag title match. They have to. Otherwise, I don't know what story you're telling. Like it doesn't make any sense. You have to give them give these guys the belts, let them work against Rude and Gable in matches like that that aren't 40 minutes long, but let's say 15 minutes of the highlights of that 40-minute match, and let them actually have a showcase on Raw. And when this, you know, thing they leaked, the uh um international soup shake that's coming up in april when that happens get the revival on the same show as the usos as new day as the bar somebody who can actually work with them and let tag team wrestling be tag team wrestling again speaking of tag team wrestling backstage zach Ryder approaches kurt hawkins and kurt hawkins is like man i don't know why you want to team with me again i love this segment that was good for all it was Zack Ryder's like, yeah, you've lost for two straight years. They didn't even spell my name right last week. I'm really glad they brought that up. He made he made something out of nothing. He made yeah. that's just not making something out of nothing. That's making something out of a negative. Yeah. Out of out of a minus. And he has turned it into storyline positive. He, the writers, whoever decided to do it. Zack Ryder says they will end the the losing streak together. Now if they eventually do end this losing streak and they get a story out of it, even if it's it doesn't go anywhere past that, hey, I'm cool with that. Not every story like this has to result in a tag team title run. It can be a story for the sake of story. And I like what they're doing here. Zack Ryder has a chip on his shoulder. He's trying to bring up his buddy who isn't doing any better than Zack is these days. But I like this. No, this was, this was good. It was honest. It was earnest, heartfelt, like you felt like these guys were real people 
Uh, and that's rare, especially on Raw, to have these guys be out there and be like, yeah, this is how I actually feel. Like, it's it's not um, – that's usually not a prized thing on, on Raw is like, no, my feelings were hurt, and this is how I'm going to deal with this. That's not something you usually get from your wrestlers in a, in, in a backstage promo. So uh, I'm happy that they're going this route. And, you know, as much as I, here's the thing, I just got done with saying, like, let's bring real tag team wrestling back. And also, at the same time, I'm like, eh, give Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, like, a month-long reign with the belts. I mean, you know, why not? Throw them a, throw them a bone. So I don't know, I don't know which one I like. I, I don't know if I can actually think those things at the same time. But, uh, but I, I, I did find myself feeling for these guys. I would love to see Edge integrated into this. It'd like him good. showing up and giving them a pep talk or something. Yeah. Yeah. Or somebody like that. I think that would be great. Tag team qualifying match. Sasha and Bailey are backstage wearing their super cool jacket. They're approached <laughs> by Nikki Cross and Alicia Fox, who have the most oddly natural partnership. I was on the fence about this before. And after seeing this, I'm like, you know what? If, if, like the shield were down one yeah. and they, they brought in angle. If sanity were down one and they picked yeah. up Alicia Fox, yeah. I'd be like, yeah. that cool. Yeah. Crazy finds crazy. Yeah. Like it's one of those things like it's just, they're just magnets for each other. And, and there you go. Like uh, I'm crazy. You're crazy. Uh, let's, let's hang out. It's a thing that happens all over the place. Uh, the, these, these two um, work really well together. I just I, I didn't like this because I didn't I, I don't want to root against Nikki Cross. She's fantastic to watch and as crazy as she was and the fact that Sanity was a heel team for so long and she was part of that in NXT, no one ever rooted against Nikki. Nikki was just so, somebody yeah. you always cheered for. So to have her be like just dastardly and attack the people before the match, it felt it felt a little off. The, there are people who have a special kind of presence about them. And she's one of them. Like, it's not something that you, you say is undeniable main event, WrestleMania right, headliner right. talent. But there are just some of those people that if you see them live, you go, okay, I get it. Yep. I, I'd mentioned before, guys, I was like, no way, Jose. If you see him live, you'll be like, oh, that's why they're, they're keeping him around. Because anytime they run a live event and they want to get the crowd up for the first match, mm-hmm. you bring out no way, Jose, and he's infectious. Doesn't have to be like some main event level thing, but when you see Nikki Cross live, you're like, oh, okay, that that's it. I get it. Even if you don't, they attack Bailey and Sasha on the ramp. It's pretty good attack from what I can see between the terrible camera work. But quite frankly, Sasha's not cleared. They're thinking she will be very soon. Yeah. So it's just Bailey. She does very well. Really aggressive during this match. That's the thing I like about Bailey. Like her offense, she gets really aggressive with it, yeah. and. I enjoy that. Alicia Co- uh, Alicia Fox rather gets her scissors kick. Bailey kicks out. That doesn't happen a lot. People don't no, usually kick out of that. They don't. Bailey gets worked over, including a Nikki Cross bulldog. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. 
Sasha hasn't worked a bit, but she does pull Bailey out from uh, the ring post, causing Nikki to post herself. Then Bailey pins Alicia Fox. I thought that was a creative way to get Sasha Banks involved without her working. Uh, Alicia Fox taking the pin was the right move here, Alex. What did you think? Oh, 100%. Alicia was the right one to pin. And I liked it. I liked that that they could have done they could have done more, but they didn't need to. They could have done the thing with with Sasha having taken the worst of the beating up on the ramp and Bailey recognizing that, like Sasha wanting in, but Bailey being like, "No, you're too hurt. I'm going to take this one for for both of us." Um I I think there's 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 stuff they could have done, but I what they did was fine. I love when Bailey gets a fire under her in a match. Like there's some there's a really cool spark there. It's something that we saw all the time in NXT. And like I said, you know, like she get she lost a kendo on a, a kendo stick on a pole match, and it kind of nerfed her forever. But there's there's a there's more of that passion now I'm seeing in Bailey, and I'm really excited about it. I, I uh, as we said, these two have to end WrestleMania holding those women's tag titles. Well, if there's something that I wanted at 9.40 p.m. Eastern, it was a rest hold during a Jeff Jarrett match in 2019. Road Dogg and Jeff Jarrett came out and sing Alone With My Baby Tonight, which got way further in than I thought. Also, by the way, WDB's about a year late on this. I don't think Bruce Pritchard has sang this on his podcast in a year. And for those of you who don't listen, his impersonation of this song is what brought it back to popularity. Oh, man. Elias the Heel interrupts. He calls them a pathetic nostalgia act, and Jeff Jarrett yanks a line from Razor Ramon and says, don't sing it, bring it. They slug it out. Of course, Jarrett has great punches, Alex. It's They're fantastic. Sure. Elias wearing blue jeans. That's the story of this match. What do you think about that? Uh, he's, he's wearing blue jeans. I, 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 I appreciate that finally Elias got a chance to interrupt somebody else. I thought that, that was just poetic. <laughs> This comment in our chat. Oh, good. Please tell me. I shouldn't encourage this type of behavior. <laughs> Quote, Elias wrestling in skinny jeans with them big ass titties he has. Jesus Christ. End quote. I'm going to try to buy a house next year with this job. This bank is going to do their research. Uh. Whoever I try to get a home loan for, they're going to like do some research. Yeah, and they're they're really going to crawl up my ass. Yeah, yep. And they're going to see stuff like this, and they're going to go, "Ain't no way, ain't no way." I got to sign up for credit unions or something. Yeah, my God. Elias lands a suplex. Jared eats a turnbuckle. Elias decks Road Dog twice. <laughs> Why'd you have to do this twice? I don't know. They get that, that Jarrett senton into the ropes. I mean, I like Jeff personally. I've interviewed sure. him a bunch of times. May or may not be interviewing him this week. Uh, but he eats drift away. But then why do you have Jarrett and Road Dog hit him with the guitar? We got so much of this shit tonight. God. Where it was 50-50, person gets the win, then they get their ass kicked. What's the point? I'm all for the dude getting getting his heat back if it protects the guy it needs to protect. But in this case, like, I I don't know what the deal is here. Like, what did Elias do? Did he, do you guys have another concussion meeting and he talked to the doctor when he wasn't supposed to? Is that what happened? Because that's the thing that happened the last time I did that. Um, 
what did Eli- seriously Elias was was rolling along as doing his babyface thing, really popular. Then he got beat twice in a row by Baron Corbin. You're like, let's turn him heel and have him lose to Jeff Jarrett and Road Dog a whole bunch. Like, I I I don't get this. Like, if it, it it does feel to me like he pissed in somebody's cornflakes and they were like, you're done. I'm gonna we're, we're gonna bury you for like the next six weeks and then we'll see what happens after that, kid. Because it just just I don't know what they're doing with poor Elias. Now I'm not pretending that the Apollo versus was it Razor or Acom? Yeah, backstage the Razor. So that they're they're gonna have a match, I'm sure. Right. I would have rather have seen that here than this. All, all due respect to Jeff and. Well, what what's what's the end game? Like, is is, <sighs> is Jeff Jarrett a a member of the active roster? Like, he lost this match, but they got the heat back on on Elias, which. I mean, I, 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 I don't know. This feels like something you would do uh, on Raw 25 or something. You know what I mean? Like Maybe they can run a Hall of Famer team with him and Kurt Ang. Oh, oh no, probably no, not. No, probably not. Finn Balor defeated Leo Rush. We get a good old Grin Balor promo. He's smiling through it backstage. Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush cut promos on Finn Balor about how much he sucks. Now, Finn Balor, beaten from head to toe, bandaged everywhere. So he got to go see a doctor? He's suspended? No. No. Presumably, he's seen a doctor who says, you have some bruised ribs, but you are clear to work. And your ankle and everything. Right. right. Presumably, the doctor has cleared him, but okay. said, you know, make sure you ice this every time after you match. Presumably, because they're not pulling him. Or suspending him for for not. That's all they. Action. That's all they need to say. You right. told me, right? Why can't Corey Graves tell me? Why can't Why can't he tell me? That's what I want to know. So Lashley says that he's better than Brock Lesnar, and I'm all for them building up a nice non-title sure. Lashley versus Lesnar match at some point, or an Intercontinental title match. Sure, you could you could certainly do that. I don't I don't see what. What Bobby Lashley would have to say that would like make like have how he could prove it, you know what I mean? Like, okay, good. I mean, on on what basis, Bobby? On what hey, ba- I mean, if WWE wanted a win win situation, they would say, "Hey, UFC, you want to borrow Brock and Bobby Lashley?" Yeah, that would be good. They win no matter what. There, they would. Yep. I mean, then you get a winner out of, out of that match. Because I ain't that sure if Brock Lesnar comes back and faces Daniel Cormier that he doesn't get his ass whipped. Because yeah. he, he will. That, that, honestly, that would be a great way of doing it. You could easily have them have uh, a match in WWE. Then like a uh, like as as like a best two out of three type of thing after they have their their uh, actual match in the, in the octagon. Leo Rush is wrestling tonight. Lashley attacks Balor before the bell. Balor gets the advantage before Lashley yanks him out of the ring, and the ref ejects him instead of DQing him, which is funny to me considering the DQ and the main event of tonight's match, how trigger-happy that was, yeah. and how inconsistent this was. There's there's no consistency, even on the same night. Like, if you, I mean, really, if you want to do the thing where, like, one week it's this week way, and the next week it's the other way, you know, or... They could do the thing that you and I have been begging them to do for, for since we've been doing this podcast, 
Referee A will let you get away with stuff to a point. Referee B will not stand for any shenanigans whatsoever. And depending on which ref you draw, that's the way the match goes. If they would just allow that to be a thing where, like, John Cone ejects guys from ringside and, you know, Mike Kyoto calls the match, depending on what happens, and whoever you have in, in the as the ref will inform how the match goes, that could be a thing that would explain everything. But nope. Lots of people asking about today's Being the Elite. Uh, we cover that on the Fightful Select Weekender podcast every Saturday. Steven Jensen reviews that, NWA. He reviews Impact Wrestling, ROH, and a lot of indie wrestling as well. Subscribe. It's a good time. Leo Rush does a great suicide dive. Back from the break, we see him get a Super Frankensteiner for two. Balor starts clubbing away. It's really nice to see him in the dynamic of the bigger guy. Yeah, no, yeah, it's it's, it's true. I, I, I like that a lot. I... I wish, I mean, they, they're telling the story of, like, Finn Balor's injured. I wish that Leo Rush had been able to do, like, a lot of Leo Rush stuff. Yeah. Like, his crazy avoidance things. And his, I don't like, know if the camera could have kept up by the looks of it. That's true, because that was bad. Man. They completely missed him on his slingshot stunner. Yeah, that, which was a, it's just a great move when he when he hits it, but we never got to see it. because If, it, if he doesn't hit it, he's taking the hammock bump. <laughs> yeah, and true. if you all don't know what the hammock bump is, yeah. Uh, look back at the one, two, three kid match against Chris Hamrick, where <laughs> Chris Hamrick just has his leg lightly kicked out of the way and takes a bump out through the ropes on his ass. Yeah. And it's a move that he did all the time. Really great. Uh, I loved watching Balor do, do these spots. Uh, Balor dodges a frog splash. Uh, Rush's kicks looked amazing. I'm a big fan of Leo Rush. I think he can be very, very special. I know he's got he's got a little bit of I don't want to say heat, but they bust his balls a lot backstage because he's kind of full of himself. Even I'm told Vince has said something to him about it. But he's 23 years old. He's on WWE Raw. He had an uphill battle after the Emma comment backstage anyway, and they still brought him up. He's doing great. He's really helping out Lashley. If I were him. Even if Vince McMahon said something like, oh, a little full of yourself, huh, pal? I'd say, you goddamn right I am, because traditionally, what have we seen with Vince McMahon? He yeah. likes that type of stuff. Right. Um, like, yeah, you don't want me to be confident, Vince? I think I'm the best there is in the world. One day, I'm going to be WWE champ. You wait and see. Like, that's the kind of thing that Vince usually loves in his guys. But to be honest, you got to be over 250 pounds to say that to him, I think. Balor hits what we will now call pant shitting season. That's the coup de gras stomp. Yep. Whew. If this were a clean finish, it would have been rated higher for me. Uh, I think they should have just let them tell the story in the ring other than with Lashley. Maybe have Lashley get thrown out without attacking him because Leo Rush is talented enough in the ring. You, you can you can tell that story. Right. That's the problem is you you could easily just have Leo Rush attack the ribs right off the bat and have Balor fight from underneath that way. The idea, the idea like, oh, how will he overcome the odds? Oh, and Lashley attacks before the match. How will he overcome these yeah, extra We see odds? it all the time. It's just too much. Drake Maverick and Akam interrupt Apollo Crews, who implies that Akam shoves his hand up Drake Maverick's ass. Razar, but basically the same. Okay, Razar. I'll, I'll update that in my notes. 
Dana Brooke approaches Natalia about what happened last week and apologizes. Natalia doesn't reply, however, and then Dana gets mad and says that she's going to have a match set for next week. Natalia has AirPods in her ears, Alex. Yeah. Uh, so who told Vince about AirPods this week? Oh, he s- definitely saw them backstage yeah. and said, what are those? Yeah, uh, this is a, this will be a funny gag, pal. Um, I... Uh... Uh, we never did. We we didn't mention that like Jarrett hit hit Elias with a guitar that yeah, did not break. Did we mention we did. that? Oh well, we didn't mention that it didn't break. But uh, it was that was that was that probably probably one of these bad boys that got back here. Which I know it sounds hefty, guys, but we have an almost sarcastic five thousand dollar level on our fightful select. You know what that gets you? That gets you this guitar. It gets you six months of sponsorship plugs on Fightful for all podcasts. I'm talking Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, pay-per-views, MMA shows. That's more than the package is worth to begin with. Oh, by the way, you also get flown to Toronto with me and we film Listen Your Boy live <laughs> for the small price of $5,000. <laughs> What what I wanted to know was, do you think that was a failed gimmicked guitar, or was yes. that a terrible rib? Oh, for sure they're not going to rib. That, that's lawsuit territory, okay. man. Okay, all right. Yeah, I don't think they're doing that. All right. We get another Mojo Raleigh mirror promo. He's losing it, and he is great at these. He is. Uh, well, I mean, he's 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 better than most would be on the roster. The the laughter thing is is not great, but I yeah. will say this: this to me reeks of the kind of thing that WWE does where Mojo will cut a very similar promo, if not nearly identical, every week on Raw for the next two months and finally debut this character in the in the pre on the pre-show of Mania in the battle in the Honor of the Giant Memorial Battle Royal and get eliminated like sixth by one of the Singh brothers. Like it feels like it's one of those deals where they they think they're all about it for a while, but they never figure out how to debut it. And once they do debut it, they ruin the whole thing. So, who all have won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal? We've had Matt Mojo, Hardy. Mojo won it once. Yeah. We've had Mojo. Or, yeah. Mojo won it. Matt Hardy, Baron Corbin, Big Show, and Cesaro. Hmm. If Matt Hardy's good to go and he doesn't have anything creatively, you got to put him in that match. Big Show, too. I don't know how healthy he is, though. I know he had an issue. Corbin probably is involved in something else. Cesaro's probably, maybe, going to be. Let's Let's hope. But... I think they should always make that match bigger than it is. I don't know how you don't have like Mark Henry make his comeback and say, you know, I teased retirement one time, but I'm really headed there now. This is the one thing I want to do before. Okay, you have some motivation there. Make make this worth winning. For the love of God, man. Make it also uh you 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 can you can cash in the the win for a title shot at either the Intercontinental or U.S. title, whichever brand you are on. Because otherwise, it's just a giant trophy that nobody gives a damn about. That will eventually get broken. Yep. Paige is out. She promotes her new movie and leaves. This trailer I have seen all (laughs) over the place. Yeah, me too. ESPN running it all the time. It's got real good numbers on MGM's YouTube. Like, Mm. I'm talking like Creed 2 trailer territory. Wow. Wow. That's, That's pretty wild. So uh, we get Moment of Bliss. Alexa Bliss brings out EC3. She halfway flirts with him, 
but says that she wants to know what Brandy's going to end up on. Now, if she's doing this to get information out of people, I think it's brilliant from a character perspective. Sure. I think it's great. Nia Jax, however, interrupts before EC3 can talk and says that nobody cares. What did you think about this? Well, here's the deal. EC3 comes out, and I was like, I, I honestly, I thought they had forgotten about him. It was a weird thing. Uh, and I had a uh, lot of people asking me, was he on the road last week? Was he on the road last week? Yeah, he was. Uh, it's just so weird. Um, anyway, he comes out. He's wet. His whole torso is wet. Uh, and he's in his gear. And I'm like, okay, well, at least that means that, dare I hope, we'll actually have an EC3 match. And as I'm typing that on Twitter, Nia Jax's music hits. And I'm like, oh, God, no. The Monday Night Monkey's <laughs> Paw. I was begging for an EC3 match. Is this, is this my fate? That I have unwittingly brought into existence an EC3 losing his debut match to Nia Jax. And thank God, no, that was not what happened. Yeah. Speaking of, I'm, I may pitch a monkey's paw shirt for <laughs> ProWrestlingTees.com slash Fightful. You guys may realize that one of our shirt designs is no longer up there. Hmm. We will tell you why on Wednesday <laughs> on the Listen You Boy, 3 p.m. Eastern. EC3 is still a mute. Yeah, that's a, that's the, that is so odd they're still doing this thing, man. I don't know where it's going. We'll see how it how it ends up, but she te- Nia teases replacing Becky Lynch at WrestleMania, which got a smattering a like, no, you're not. Nobody. We don't believe you. And by the way, we're over that type of reaction. Mm-hmm. She's interrupted by Dean Ambrose, who implies that Nia has a crush on him. And I love the way that Nia sells it like a third grader. Like, yeah. No, I don't. I know I hit you. I don't have a crush on you. Ew, cooties. Because that's the way that, based on Nia Jax's character, that I think that she would react. Sure. <laughs> Dean Ambrose was fantastic interacting with EC3. And Dean, Dean, <laughs> Dean, Dean, Dean. Dean says, all right, I'm going to turn down your multi-million dollar offer. And uh, I'm going to go out on my terms being the character I should have been this whole time. Because I feel like he's just just so free and loose and could do what he want and could be what he wants, says what he wants. Cause what are they going to do? Fire him. Yeah. Like, like it's, this is, this is the Dean that we are going to miss the Dean. We should have been seeing this whole time. Well, Dean, uh, <laughs> Dean asks EC three, a bunch of questions, but cuts him off before he can answer. And, this wasn't like the backstage segment where EC3 had to vi- was very clearly not told to say something. Right. Dean was fast enough to where it's it was seamless. Yeah. And it went together. Uh, he asks EC3 a bunch of questions and gets punched in the face. E- where's where's EC1 and EC2 was was inspired. That was good. That was good. Then EC3 beat Ambrose. This was a very quick match. I could I couldn't fairly rate it. It was so quick. Right. EC3 opened with a really good big ass elbow drop. Yeah. That was nice. Got posted, sold really well. Got some really good elbow attacks. Uh I, he has not named the front face lock STO yet, but that is a damn good move that nobody like else does. Nobody else does it. You can do it out of nowhere. Uh, I know that he stopped doing ironically what was Dean Ambrose's dirty deeds move. Yeah. And moves where you have to kind of kick out your leg like that mm-hmm. take a little bit longer. I love the front face lock STO. I w- 
maybe establish it as a finish, but I, I love that move. He ended up rolling up Ambrose for the win. Ambrose did not look like he made an effort to kick out. No. None. Again, I'm not doing anything I don't want to do because what are you gonna do? Fire me. Like it just it just I don't give a fuck Dean is is I'm I'm into it. I'm in. EC3 later tweeted, for those inquiring minds, EC2 watched my debut victory from the comfort of her le- of his leather chair, Betsy, at home. And EC1 watched from the comfort of his leather chair, Bernie, in heaven. Thanks for asking, Dean. <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. See, you could, you could actually have him say that kind of stuff on the mic if you wanted yeah. to. I don't, I don't know. I don't know why you would want to do that. That's weird. <laughs> having your new star from NXT who can talk really well actually say things into a microphone. You, you know, the guy who was on your TV show for years, your yeah. WWE TV show, yeah, yeah. but then he went to a company that was already pretty much last legs, even though it was five years ago, Yeah, had a fraction of the viewers and got himself over to the point to where when he came back, more people knew who he was than when he yep. was on your TV show. That's right. Because he could talk so well. Yep. Hot dog. It's almost like he's good, Alex. Yeah. Mm. It's almost like that. Kurt like, Angle. It, it's almost like he's in the top 1%. Ah, son of a bitch. <laughs> Kurt Angle came out, ran down his accolades. He had been greeted by No Way Jose and Apollo Crews and a bunch of people like that backstage. Angle says that Father Time is catching up with him, but Baron Corbin interrupts and gets a lot of heat. And I'm just thinking, man, wish people gave a shit about his matches. Yeah. Doesn't happen, though. Drew McIntyre joins and runs down Angle. They approach the ring and support him, but Braun makes the save, takes out Drew while Angle takes out Corbin. And I thought and tweeted, who cares about Canadian Destroyers? All I care about is that Braun has brought back the office chair heaving move. One of the goats, in my yeah. opinion. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it, he kind of shoehorned this one in. Like there was a guy standing over there, and he looks at him, runs over against the chair, and then throws it at him, giving the guy plenty of time to run away. The, <laughs> the goat move is when the dude is running at you, and yeah. you heave a chair at his running face. Nobody it coming. Nobody will ever do that better yeah. than Roman Reigns. Oh. That was the perfect opponent. It was and- it was perfect. Roman Reigns had the proper type oh. of heat to take that type of move God. to where sometimes WWE would push Roman Reigns down your throat so much you would say, God, I kind of wish that character would get a fucking office chair thrown at his face. Remem- and it happened. Remember that feud they had that was so white hot? You, so thought to, you thought to yourself, these guys are going to in- induct each other into the Hall yeah. of Fame one day. Like we actually talked about that on the show, and it didn't seem far fetched. They were so interlocked as rivals at that point in their careers that nothing could ever tear them apart. One man was going to be champ, the other man was going to beat him for it, and they'd go back and forth for years. <gasps> oh no, that didn't happen. I that. that... Roman and Braun is my favorite feud and got in the fightful era for sure. Since oh, we've started covering this show, that was my favorite feud ever. But anyway, we got a tag match in which Baron Corbin and Drew McIntyre win via DQ. Corbin quickly gets suplexed by Angle. Strowman mows down Drew. Angle's worked over. Braun can't make it in to help him. Drew ends up hitting an Olympic slam with a bit of a deadlift on Angle. Great spot. He applied an ankle lock. This was good heat, Alex. This is great heat. Uh, this is this is a very 
this hmm, this is a weird deal where they are again muddying the waters where uh you need to be able to get drew over fully over as a heel a monster heel that cannot be defeated and you need to be able to get Braun over as this monster baby face who cannot be defeated and you have to have them then meet each other and you had that and you lost it you can get it back but you can't get it back if they're facing each other every week and you're doing 50-50 booking it doesn't work it's weird the match continues Drew and Corbin land a double belly to back suplex on Braun after he came in and got some offense Braun turns the tides with a handicap suplex and tags out to Angle. He runs through his offense. And then, in one of the dumbest, weirdest, lamest spots I've seen in a long time, Corbin, who is not the legal man, and to be honest with you, I'm not sure Braun is either at this stage. I think maybe Kurt still was. Baron's like, oh, you'll get DQ'd if you hit me. No, Baron was legal. Braun was not. Okay, they, so and that's that's the that's the actual rule. Yes, bronze never illegal, bronze, bronze illegal. He can't hit the legal man, except it happens in every tag match that's ever happened on your show. If it hap- if it works like this from here on, okay. <laughs> if it's their way of making the rule enforced, I am all for it. Sure, because as you all found out on the Royal Rebel podcast, I love me some rules. <laughs> I like them, especially when they they help creatively i get the feeling that won't happen so i'll reserve my burial yeah until then but braun got dq'd but this is after i watched every royal rumble rule broken yeah, eight no. days ago Listen, i watched people land on their backs and they were like ah they're still in no here's 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 a giant reason why this is stupid you have the heel who's in there who says, no, if you hit me, you'll be disqualified. And he repeats that line seven times, so we make sure we can get it at home and understand it. Then the baby face gets disqualified on purpose. That makes him stupid. Also, it means that wins and losses do not matter on your program. Thanks for watching three hours of Raw. Good night, folks. It just, I don't Bruce understand. Bruce poked fun at it last week. Yeah. I was told that, that wins and losses don't matter. Mm. Yep. Yep. Claymore takes out Braun. Angle goes into the steel stairs, but Strowman comes back and choke slams Corbin and McIntyre. Why didn't they win the match? I don't know. I don't know who you're protecting. I don't know why. Why would you make Braun look like an idiot only to have him stand tall at the end of the night? I don't I don't I don't get this. I don't get why. I mean, I know, I guess Seth is, is you know, tweaked and hurt, and he's not here, so your guy going into the main event of Mania isn't your main event this week. It's just, it's just a weird deal. Like, is this – where do we go from here? Like, is, is Braun still feuding with Drew and Baron? Is, uh, is, is Kurt Angle now not going to retire since they won the match that they lost? Like, I don't understand any of this. Well, where we go from here is SmackDown Live tomorrow. Also, we have the Fightful MMA podcast tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern. We've got so much to cover from UFC Fortaleza. Jose Aldo had an insane performance. So did Marlon Marias, Damian Maya. Lots of good stuff. We're going to talk positively about the pacing of a UFC show. Hot damn. Who thought that would happen? 
Also, we've got the UFC show in Australia with Anderson Silva, Israel Adesanya, Robert Whitaker, Kelvin Gastelum to preview. Uh, we have Listen Your Boy Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern. Over on Fightful Select, our premium service, I have the Fightful Report podcast where I give you lots of exclusive news, injury report, contract updates. Mr. Warren Hayes reviews NXT, NXT UK, and 205 Live in podcast form. And then Steven Jensen with that awesome Weekender podcast. I also have the Q&A show this week. This week, I believe, is the week for the division, the women's wrestling podcast to drop as well. That will be happening. We've got so much content for you guys. But Alex, what do you got going on, man? Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to SmackDown tomorrow. Uh, SmackDown is consistently the much better show than Raw. Up on the website right now, headlining. Go check out that article that Brandon Howard Thurston did. It's called Analysis, WWE Popularity Assessment. It goes through seven different points of WWE's popularity and how it's went up and down over the last couple of years from a quarter-to-quarter basis annually. TV viewership, ticket sales, merchandise sales, web searches, network subscriptions, free video viewership, and social media followers. It is an amazing read. I did a video on it as well. But guys, visit FightfulWrestling.com. We have more wrestling news for you there than any other wrestling website, period. If you don't want to deal with MMA or boxing, just hit up that FightfulWrestling.com domain. Right now, leave us a thumbs up, subscribe. We're out.